XR Motion Podcast with your host, Michael Steinberg. All right, guys, welcome to the XR Motion Podcast, where we talk about what's coming down the line in the motion design industry and where we also focus on and talk about cool VR, AR, XR, and the metaverse, whatever that is right now, um, type things. Today, we have with us an artist that I am just so excited to have on. It's Piper ZY, and she is an award-winning AR artist, which I'm sure you've seen a lot of her stuff in the industry. If you guys have anything like TikTok or Instagram, you've probably seen her work. One of my favorites is she has a city on her nail, which is the coolest thing ever. And it sounds a little weird to think about, but essentially the closer you go into the nail, the more you can see of the city and there's even cars in there. It's pretty mind blowing. Go check it out right now. Her social media handles for TikTok is just Piper ZY. And then on social, I think it's Instagram, it's Piper KJ, is that correct? Yeah, it's Piper.KJ. Piper.KJ. Okay, yeah, go check those out now. So when you hear us talking about this crazy stuff, you'll know exactly where she's coming from and what she does. She is based in Chicago and makes branded filters on Instagram and Facebook. And her personal projects include themes of fashion, futurism, and music. So Piper, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm not going to lie. Today, I'm in New York City. So you're in the North too. It was so cold today. Yes. It was terrible. I know for me personally, in New York City with COVID going crazy, not to get on a depressing thing, but I guess the bright side being I'm working from home for the next month again. So Nice, nice. Yeah. Just getting off of Christmas and New Year's, you, you have a good holiday, you do some good stuff. I did, yeah. I've kind of been working since then because I had that one video blow up actually on my birthday, like a week before Christmas. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. And since then, I've just been kind of working, setting my own schedule. I took some time for family, but it's, it's really been just like diving into all the exciting work things for 2022. That's awesome. I'm excited to dive into getting that social media growth is like and what you've maybe seen change and what maybe if that's changed any of your plans moving down the road. But first, let me ask real quick. So what got you into AR? How did you even wind up here? So years ago, probably like 2014, 15, I started editing outfits because I always loved like avant-garde fashion, like fashion shows. And I started to edit animated elements onto my outfits, which was augmented reality, but I I didn't even really know the word for that at the time. And slowly that technology, I guess, found what it's actually called after I was doing it and started to make effects. And then maybe a little less than two years ago, I realized that the software to publish your filters on Instagram and on Facebook is free. Anyone can download it. So I just started right away because it's like anyone with a 3D art skill set can use Spark AR, which is the software, pretty easily. I mean, so I just dove right into that, and it's been crazy ever since. Yeah, Spark AR was awesome. I kind of figured out about it. I tried doing some filters myself, not very good ones. I was like definitely 
Well, I want to say they Instagram didn't promote me, but I think they were just terrible. So <laughs> it could be, it could be Instagram didn't promote you. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun though. I mean, it, it's such a powerful tool that allows, they take a lot of like the hard work when it comes to programming and doing all of the behind the scenes stuff and really just allows for your creative mind to do whatever you can. So before that, were you in college doing some of these things or what was your background like? Yeah, I was in college using like Adobe Suite and editing on After Effects. I still use After Effects for a lot of effects that I'm using for 2D animations. I was using like 3ds Max, Maya for anything 3D. And then after college, I was doing my nine to five as a marketing. Uh, first I started as marketing coordinator and then was a head of marketing. And then this AR stuff took off this year. So now I'm doing that, doing commissions and branded filters as my full-time job, which has been very fun, very cool. But yeah, my background was marketing. I was doing graphic design, video editing, video production, the social media management, all of that. And at the time I was like, oh, I wanna be doing something more creative, more from my own abstract ideas creative. But now I'm finding those skills have been really helpful. So it all worked out. That's great that you took kind of like your tool set and just kept bringing it into a whole different type of field. So when you were in the advertisement agency, were you, were you doing more like the After Effects or 3D stuff? Yeah, I kind of tried to force anything artsy onto, onto all of our projects because I was it was a lot of like data science too, which I didn't have experience in, but I dove into. And then for any project, for any marketing strategy, when they would ask me, I'm like, we can make a video, we can make an AR effect, which the companies I was working for loved it. But yeah, I was definitely trying to fit other skills in within the scope of what was appropriate for marketing. It was a lot of After Effects. I know After Effects is a program that just hasn't gone away yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I love it, but I, I feel like I'm ready for something new. I don't want to learn something new, but I'm, I do at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's they or they could just fix it, but at this point, I just know they won't. No, no. You know? <laughs> it's like I've given up all hope. Same. So you go from working at this agency. I always love the transition period because I feel like there's always that feeling of I do want to take this leap of faith. Yeah. And some people it's a little bit more gradual or it's just the most beautiful, smooth transition. Mm -hmm. So what was, if you can kind of like take me into those beginning steps of you being in AR and then you kind of being at this agency, knowing you're wanting to kind of move into this other field, what was that in between like? It was a process throughout this year because the marketing job was great. I enjoyed it, but then I switched to a different kind of contract work while I focused more of my time because the full-time marketing job was taking all of my energy. And I realized for long-term planning, I would have to take a step back to something that was maybe more simple, just go plug myself in and come back. I was doing a remote job that I took on a contract for and then started to get serious about the AR outside of that in a way that I couldn't have done that with the full-time responsibilities of running a marketing department. So I had to make that sacrifice first because it was kind of like I was just starting to build success in like the marketing realm. But I think that almost scared me more because I realized the deeper I go into this, then it's like getting really locked in there. So I took like a half leap and then started working, 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 and then was just able to make the full leap with some luck, I think. <laughs> and, and you said remote work. What year was this kind of around where you're doing this transition? And this year. 
Oh, wow. This year. Okay. So this has been the really fast transition. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's COVID really did so much damage on a lot of industries, but I feel like for our industry, just a lot of us who are ready and to go remote, it's just been kind of a little blessing in disguise. I mean, I personally have been loving working remote and just so many friends have just been going completely full-time remote. They've been going into freelancing a lot more. And even just video editing, every company now is like, okay, everyone's on their phone. Everyone's, you know, on Instagram, social media. I feel like there's almost so many jobs, like I can't even take them all. Granted, I'm full-time now, but I'm just denying jobs. And it's just great time to be in this field of work. Yeah, it is. And now even AR work. So tell me, you're taking the freelance jobs. You're doing this AR project currently. Is this the AR project that got you going on that? Or were you kind of already taking off in AR before you started this project that you're working on? I was very plugged into the community of AR creators through Instagram and Facebook. And they were holding some competitions. There were some top AR blogs. And then Facebook itself stepped in and partnered with one of them to hold some AR competitions. And a couple months ago, just literally a couple months ago, I made like a gown, like an AR gown that had aquarium tanks on it because I just love the idea of not having to use physical materials to make things in AR for fashion because it's like there's weightlessness. We can do things that nobody could ever walk down the runway on with wearing, but we can make it in AR and it looks pretty realistic. So I made an effect that won, won the first award that Facebook was partnering with to give out prizes for. And after that, I thought, okay, so people are seeing this. My weird ideas I've been working on, there's potential for all these new industries expanding. Now's the time to go hard every day. (laughs) Right. So that's really what I did. Yeah. That's one thing too. I think that's really funny about AR design and VR design is there's really no rules. Mm -hmm. You're not constrained by materials in any way. And I think we're going to be seeing some just amazing designs coming out in the future. And I'm excited to see what it is. That's why like I've been kind of laughing like that Nike and Reebok and stuff. They're almost selling like metaverse shoes and stuff. I'm like, who wants to wear Skechers? If you you can wear anything in the world and you're just going to wear like basic Skechers. Why? Totally agree. (laughs) There's so much cool stuff out there. I'm excited to see what gets produced. So with this dress that you want, I'm really interested about this competition here. So how did you, was that for Spark AR? And then what, how did you go about modeling that? Was in, were you using Maya or what programs were you using to create that? So they have uh, 3D capabilities within Spark AR to make your own basic shapes. And for that one, I think I used royalty free TV because all I needed was a TV. So I just downloaded one. I mean, I can make it, but I was just making stuff so fast that I downloaded it and built the rest within Spark AR because it was simple enough. And then I used on the screens, instead of doing something 3D, I like just for time's sake to give the essence of 3D with 2D using footage and using animations. And it translates well to Spark too. So that was just basically through After Effects and Spark. And Spark AR itself, the entity within Meta and Facebook, hosts competitions too. And then they have also partnered with blogs to host other AR competitions. So there's always some kind of creative challenge going on within that community. And it's like very, very awesome work coming out of that from literally all over the world. It's really fun. 
That's cool. I've never, I'm so surprised. Sometimes I feel like I know all the big blog tech guys and just every day I just find out about somebody else who's like big in the community. And I'm just like, I had no idea you existed and or this community. Yeah, totally. Crazy. Like even with the Unreal Engine 5 people now, they're getting into these mocap suits and there's like this already mind blowing. I'm trying to keep up with them, but... Uh, it's been tough. Well, so what kind of communities are there? Is there any like big names you would suggest people to check out if they're interested in going down this route? Yeah, for AR, the resources, there's a blog called Lens List. It was first based, I think, on like Snapchat lenses, but they move over to the Spark AR and Instagram ones. They've partnered with Spark AR for competitions. And then there's just really the Facebook group. I think it's like 105, 106,000 people right now in that community. It's just called the Spark AR community, I think. And there are people posting every day, tons and tons of posts, sharing their work, asking questions. They're so helpful too. If you post something like, oh, this is what I'm working on with a screenshot, people will get back to you right away. That's one thing I love about our community. I don't know if it's because we're remote and so we're just more open to understanding that like we need help. So we're always giving and, uh, you know, asking. But yeah, I love our community. The motion design, just the artist community has just been just so caring. Totally. So with Spark, I love that you used After Effects and kind of incorporating even Photoshop. I'm sure you could use in throwing in elements like that into Mm -hmm. Spark. That's cool. I love to hear that because it really does. Sometimes I feel like I talk to 3D modelers and I've been trying to get them into virtual reality Mm. because I've been working a a bit in virtual reality on my own projects and making my own spaces for hangouts. And some people just think it's so hard to get into AR and VR. Like, oh man, that's such a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to get into that. And Spark, you know, and then After Effects. If you're good at After Effects and Photoshop, yeah. you could be making some cool AR stuff. Absolutely. What would you say the learning curve is for Spark? Is that kind of like a difficult thing or would that be? If you have really like any 3D program experience, it should be pretty intuitive. I think coming like straight from Photoshop or straight from just After Effects, then you'd need some of the 3D elements of scaling and resizing and moving things like camera angles materials. But I think with really any level of 3D software, you can directly translate it to Spark. And they're actually coming out with a second version, I think sometime this year, where it's phone-based and easier to use, if I'm not mistaken. So it's even more intuitive, even more you can just jump on and start making filters. So Spark's AR system, you can just kind of like make some designs on your phone maybe or mm-hmm. make some shapes and then import it. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. And you can just test it out maybe right on the phone. Yeah. I love that. That is a great idea. I'm telling you, Facebook, it's like you love and hate it. <laughs> or meta. It's how you, you can't beat them. They're just too good. Not at all. Too yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm just so curious about your inspiration and your design, because a lot of the stuff I've seen has been kind of the jewelry. And you said you even won a competition, you're doing like a dress. So where where do you get your inspiration from? A lot of inspiration comes from fashion, music, music videos. I think capturing those moments or worlds like outside of time. I love the idea of something that's kind of outside of anything recognizable or just like a slightly alternate timeline, slightly alternate world. And I think I'm kind of always floating there mentally. And so if I just tap into that to create something, it's very satisfying to 
take this slightly alternate world, slightly alternate feeling and just materialize it into something. And AR became so perfect for that because I did digital painting, hyper-realistic painting, surrealism. My degree was in painting. And once I discovered that I could mix the realities, that was right exactly where I wanted to be. I love that you have a main goal of how you want your art to come out. Do you have any particular artist that you, I mean, it's such a new field. I, I mean, it's mm -hmm. not like, oh yes, this artist has been doing AR work for 15 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but is there any other like really good, maybe specific artist that you follow at all or? Yes. So I am so, so, so inspired by a specific fashion photographer named Nick Knight. And he does things I'm just completely, completely inspired by his work. It's like in a slightly alien kind of world, huge attention to historical references in fashion and details. My favorite designer is Alexander McQueen and everything that comes out of there is so referential to so many historical pieces, patterns, and just evoking that different world where it's almost like you're rebuilding society from the complete ground up, even as to what kind of materials you're using or what you're adding on to something. And I think it's so start to finish creative without worrying if it's necessarily completely digestible or completely commercial. And I just love it. It just, it's very, very satisfying. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I, I know Alexander McQueen. I'm gonna have to look, the other one was McKnight. Nick Knight. Mm -hmm. Nick Knight. Okay. Yeah. Definitely going to have to check that out. Anything with alien or UFOs. I always love that for visual inspiration. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so is there any advice you would give to somebody that's like brand new in the field, trying to get their feet wet that you would say, Oh, use this as a starting point or. Yeah, absolutely. I think the website itself for spark AR has tutorials that I found are really easy to use because there are things that I had to learn when I started and it they make it pretty easy to just breeze through because it gives like an article format and a video format for how to do things. And I think there are also YouTube tutorials too. I'm not sure how thorough, I'm, I'm sure there are. I've just gone straight to the Spark AR website, but I'm guessing there are good YouTube walkthroughs too because I've found a few for specific things. Yeah, I know when I tried to do it, I was definitely finding a few good YouTubers that had some really good instructional videos, which love YouTube for that reason. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so when it comes to your work, one thing that I, when I was watching it, I was really curious on, how do you go about building that in Spark AR? Mm -hmm. Is that something where you're kind of like, they have models already built in there, or is that something where you're using like Maya to make models? Or for me, I'm a turbo bash. I just grab all those turbo squid models and just put them all together. Oh, 100%, yeah. So what's kind of your process on getting the 3D elements in there? You can import object files. I've used Blender. I have used the royalty-free downloads for things that just as such time savers. But even within, within Spark AR, they have a library of 3D objects. They have just like the basic shapes if you want to make something and, and really to a degree where most of that city nail that I made, I think like 95% of it was just straight out of Spark AR, just using rectangles, torus shapes, cylinders. I mean, they, they have like a, a pretty extensive basic shape library. And then if I need something specific, I can either make it in Blender or any other 3D software to export as an object file or just find it and download it. Yeah, I know you mentioned Blender. I know you said, I think you said you started in Maya. Gotta ask, what's your 3D software choice when it comes to making things? 
I think now I'm getting used to Blender. I don't know if I would say that that's my complete favorite, but that's just kind of what I've gotten used to using. I think a lot of creators have used it with Spark AR. So that's kind of the route I took when I was hearing about what's compatible. Yeah, I, I keep hearing people saying Blender, Blender, Blender. And honestly, I mean, it's just so powerful. Like mm-hmm. it kind of, it's just become one of the more powerful 3D programs out there and it's free. Exactly, yeah. Like, how do you even compete? Every month I get billed $100 from Cinema 4D and I'm just, why? Right, right. It's tough. And they come out with a new version every year. And so all my plugins are getting messed. I don't know. I, and from what I've heard, Blender's got fantastic sculpting tools. So They do. And it's also, the more people that use it too, the more it's going to become like an industry standard. Yeah. And there's, there are huge communities for that too and huge social media groups for Blender artists too. I'm just completely blown away by that. Yeah, I feel like one reason why I also want to go into Blender is for that reason. Mm -hmm. The YouTube tutorials on Blender are just amazing. I think it's Blender Guru. Yeah, he does the donut kind of tutorial. His tutorials are excellent. And then I know there's another guy who does the one minute Blender tutorials. Those are super fun and creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of resources out there. They, they've got a super great community. So tell me, I'm kind of curious. So with the AR work, I know you said you're now doing this full time. What is that like? How does that work? And what's kind of your process in working with clients in this field? I did freelance graphic design, marketing strategy, packaging, basically. So my freelance business model was kind of set up years ago in a smaller form. I was doing that on my college campus just for like startups and even for my friends and continue to do that a little bit, even when I was doing a full-time marketing job. So I've transferred that kind of structure and time management and business management in my mind to doing this. So I think it's it's been just connecting with the right projects, connecting with the right brands. Getting lucky enough to have some exposure recently has helped people to find me and find my work. And even before that, people would come across my work and say, oh, this is this is something we need. Even, even within those networking groups, people would post projects or looking to hire someone for this kind of project. And I just made sure to kind of market myself and use that skill to get out there so people could find me or I could find the right projects for me. Yeah, exposure, I feel like is so underrated. A lot of times you'll see some people that just have amazing reels, amazing work, and they're just not getting out there and connecting with communities. And they're just kind of like, I don't know why I'm not getting work. It's like, go on some message boards, go hang out with some people, find some meetups. Yeah, I feel like that's how I've gotten most of my jobs and gigs is just through like, oh, yeah, Mike, yo, I know Mike, just through personal connections. I'm not like a client hitting me up. So, yeah. So, where do you see AR going in the next five to 10 years? So, I feel like I have two answers for this. I feel like it's like trend forecast prediction and also my hope for it. Um, <laughs> I'll give my hope for it. I hope we can use AR for practical in real life applications, like, for example, medical applications, wellness, mental health, being able to use things that will affect our mind and body in our real life to complement our real life. But I think, I think anything that exists now, we will have an augmented reality or virtual reality version of as soon as people can build it. That's my belief, which I think is coming soon. (laughs) Yeah, I I can't agree with that more, which is why I kind of tell a lot of people that also want to get into the field at 
same thing. Like it's not going to get built until people build it. Yeah. And I feel like even if you wanted to make like a Walmart, that's just dozens of 3D modelers, yeah. you know, like <laughs> there's going to be so many more jobs. Like the bigger this field goes in AR and VR, mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to hit like a dot com age where yeah. everyone's going to want a website and there's not going to be enough web designers. And that's what we're going to hit in our field is there's just not going to be enough of us. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of what the future really is going to be like as fast as we can build it. So where do you see, where would you like to see yourself maybe a few years down the line? So I would love to combine my other interests of fashion and music and scale up what I'm doing now. Like some of the brand work that I've been doing in those industries, I would love to scale it up to be able to do creative direction or art direction for those kind of AR experiences. I think those jobs are going to take people who've been on the other side of creating as AR creators too. So just any stage that I can get my own vision on for something in this medium where it's useful or works for a brand or even just to create my own or host my own experiences would be the long-term goal. Do you think you'll ever or have you ever met with a client in VR or using AR yet? Or has that happened? Not not like in the metaverse, not in the like metaverse with your avatar. I think that's coming soon. I haven't, but probably even this year to test things out, test out the wearable assets. Yeah, I, I feel like that's coming soon. I do too. I mean, I, I, f I feel like they need to make proper spaces. Zoom's trying to kind of make a space right now. I know Facebook, I think Facebook, or I keep saying Facebook, I should be calling it Meta. That's the new <laughs> name. But Meta and Zoom, I think might be teaming up. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see these new spaces develop where we can actually meet with clients. And even if you wanted to see a dress in 3D or a building or a car, mm -hmm. you would probably want to go see it in the 3D environment with the client versus sending them JPEGs and being like, oh yeah, this is what this will look like in AR or VR. Yeah. Have you ever worked in VR at all or? Barely, barely, barely. Yeah. Not, not enough to even really claim it. <laughs> it's a, a very unique field and it's definitely but it's definitely a lot different than AR. Totally. So one more question. I know that you've been doing the everyday challenges, which I love. I, I did it for quite a long time. And so it's awesome to see you doing that. Mm -hmm. What is it like for you, especially doing it with AR? And how long does it take you to maybe complete each daily? Yeah, I started doing it as a side project because I was working on a lot of contests and I felt like at first when I was switching between like a, a daytime work and doing trying to do more creative work, I wanted to always kind of be in the creative mindset. So I was just doing it as a side challenge, knowing that posting often on TikTok helps your account grow. So I just told myself, okay, I'm going to just make something, put it out there. Just if I have an idea come up during the day, I'm just going to execute it. Because a lot of times I would have an idea and I wouldn't finish it. And then by the next day I was bored of it, but I realized I'm the only one seeing my own idea. So I should actually make them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love the dailies because it really does make you make finish a complete thought. The amount of times I myself have just gotten halfway through a project and I give up. Yeah. It just makes you put those extra little touches on it and just send it out there. And another thing with dailies is you wind up sometimes having to find out, oh, how do I finish this? And maybe you find a new technique, yes. which is always really exciting. How long would you say it usually takes you to finish one of these things? Or how long do you usually maybe spend a day on it? 
Usually I am finishing it all in one day, start to finish. And absolutely, like you said, it helps me find the best resources if I want to fill something in or download something to use and do something in a faster way. Um, it's definitely helped me with my own process doing this. But usually it is start to finish a couple of hours. And a lot of times if it's something more complicated, like as I've gone, I've ended up posting in the middle of the night because I would just stay up and do it. Trying to beat the clock. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So I have another question. What other companies do you see making a move in the AR industry besides Meta? So this is very interesting because I think there are a lot of companies that we don't even see yet that will develop because of all the new platforms, all the new commerce. There are other AR softwares. There's Snapchat's AR software. I think all the social media angles will be trying to add an AR element to their existing social media. But I think one company monopolizing it would be really crazy. So I feel like there's going to have to be even like regulations and new laws about how much of that space people can be taking up. Yeah, interesting. Because yeah, I definitely know Meta has a massive monopoly on all of it. And yeah, I guess there is things too besides them. There's kind of TikTok. I don't even, I guess that is AR. There's some yep. maybe little AR filters. And then there's Snapchat. Have you ever made filters for that? And if so, like how do you kind of get into the space and, and what's that kind of like behind the scenes? Yeah, I've used Lens Studio. TikTok is on an invitation basis. I'm actually, I applied. I'm hoping to be able to make them for, for TikTok soon. But Snapchat has their own Lens Studio, which is like their version of Spark AR. I'm actually not sure which one came first, but that software is really, really great. It's pretty advanced and it's really good for like digital fashion, for anything wearable. They're really on top of that. I'll definitely have to check that out. Is that free to download or? It is. Okay. Would you say it's harder to use than Spark or it probably just as same boat? It's about the same. Yeah, I think, but I still think a background in 3D art would definitely help for Lens Studio too. So with AR applications, with it being it integrated into everyday lives, how would you see AR working in? You wake up in the morning, are you putting on glasses? Could you maybe see, I know this is so hypothetical. Oh no, I'm there, I'm right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kind of going down this route of the what ifs. Mm -hmm. What could you see somebody's day-to-day -day being in the future with AR? So I'm going to go full science fiction here. I got a little writing certificate. I shouldn't say little, a writing certificate. And my whole thesis was this. I think it's going in our brains. I really do. I think we'll be able to put it. <laughs> I'm going right there. <laughs> I think we're going to be able to just see with whether, I mean, maybe, maybe contact lens, but I really feel like within five to 10 years, directly in our brains with some way that we can override it with our real thoughts, with anything in real life that's happening, like same concept as the self-driving cars where a human can override it. I think that will be happening through our visual cortex where they can apply augmented reality on top. I think that concept and exploring that a few years ago is also what helped me go in the AR direction versus the VR direction because I could see it taking over every aspect of our life in a way that you can never take off. So I think from a science fiction perspective, that was maybe a little scarier, but I'm totally there. I think we're going straight for the brain. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. I am 100% on board with that as well and skeptical. I'm always telling people, I'm like, I will be the beta tester to enter the matrix. Oh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm just... I love like, having all of the, any kind of artificial intelligence help or the cyborgness. I think it's so cool. 
So with the brains, do you think there would be any pushback? What do you think would be maybe some pushbacks on the brain implementation and how fast do you think five years from now? Are we talking about like maybe we're just getting into the field where everyone's doing it or? I think going full hypothetical science fiction, maybe, (laughs) maybe hypothetical. I think if there are ways to sell it as something that's beneficial or even to save us from our current problems, I think we'll implement it so fast. And I feel like we use mindfulness apps on our phone, even though like technically our phone's probably the the number one thing getting in the way of our mindfulness. But I think that same tactic that has convinced us of that would convince us of something in our brain. I feel like even me being scared of that, I feel like I could be convinced knowing that there is an override. I think if it's marketed a certain way, especially if it's something that's addictive or enjoyable, or something that works, I think we'll get it right there, just like smartphone adaptation. Yeah, any practical use, I think if you could just have like a weird telepathical communication with somebody yeah. in any sort of way, that's such an advantage. Yeah, why not? Or if they give you any kind of like health diagnosis. Exactly. It would be so hard to not get it. And even though everything in me is saying, don't get it, I'm going to get it probably. <laughs> I always think one of the coolest things will be for in AR that I could see in a practical use too is if you are talking about something such as this right now and I'm saying, oh, Tesla, or maybe there's like kind of a subtext coming down on the side of my vision that's auto-filling information. I'll be like, oh, the blender guru. And then maybe a date comes out like started in this date with these things. And now I'm talking way more accurate. And now everything I say is accurate information. Absolutely agree. I feel like I already view Google as an external hard drive of my own brain and and just my phone in general. Can't cite a study, but I think there was some a study shown that our memory has gotten worse since we rely on the fact that we can always look something up. And it's like, there are huge, I feel like, philosophical implications for that. But I think we're already doing it. I really do. Even just thinking, oh, I don't have to remember this because I can Google it. That's something I don't think our brain is used to, but it works. <laughs> and just going as easy as just phone numbers. Yeah, exactly. As a kid, you had 50 phone And now those are the only phone numbers I still know. Exactly. I think they, from what I remember, I might have read the same study or similar study But they were saying that we're much better at searching for things and how to get to certain destinations faster. So like with folder structures and things like that, we can process of eliminate how to get to a proper source. But we're terrible at trying to use our own brain to figure out the answer, like a phone number. We're not going to even try and think of the phone number, but we'll know exactly how to look it up or it it was an interesting study. And I love that you said the Google is kind of like a second part of your brain. I feel like I could totally see the Google logo turning into a brain (laughs) and then it just like a commercial with it, like going onto the side of someone's head or something. Dystopian. Yeah. It's like increase your brain join the Google cloud or something. Yeah, I mean, really, truly. And I know this is maybe getting black mirror, but even like filming, just having like memories and everything. Totally. Just having crystal clear memories. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like thinking about the amount of just with like data storage of what we've been able to save of our lives from a hundred years ago versus now. I mean, like our own great grandparents barely have one photo of themselves, if even that. And it's like, we have literally 10 photos a day. And I feel like we do structure our minds and how we interact around 
what the computer is doing already. Right. I feel like we have been for a while, even with what you're saying about folders. I think we have started to think in that way of, okay, folder, subfolder, even outside of using a computer, it can only get worse, better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All I'll say is I'm excited about the future. Maybe this wouldn't be one wish, but I always wish that I could just go like into the future to see all the cool, amazing tech that we're going to have. Same. That's one thing that just keeps me alive is just knowing that next year there's going to be even cooler tech I have to see. Totally. And it's happening so fast. I mean, this is like a crazy time to be alive. I know that's cheesy, but it's so true. Yeah, it really does feel like every single year it's something new, especially just in the last three years. I feel like went from the Quest 1 to the Quest 2 to even just doing, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Unreal Engine, but coming out with Unreal Engine 5, and just like everything is real time now, and AR is just popping off, and even, not to say like, but TikTok's algorithms are just even mind-blowing. Disturbing, it's, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like it knows me better than I know myself. Yep. It's like, <laughs> it's okay. I'm like, I didn't even know I was sad, but... <laughs> they know. <laughs> But you're right, it was a tough day. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's so mm. cool. So speaking of weird utopian things still, maybe keeping... I love that we went down this deep. I feel like a lot of people don't go down this oh, deep. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> so I'm enjoying this. <laughs> speaking of, have you done anything with NFTs at all? So this is my NFT journey. I never even thought about it. And I know this is controversial, but it's a discussion. It's a debate, I guess. So I'll just go there. I think a lot of art that I was seeing was like, mm, this is getting made for the sake of NFTs. And I was kind of a hater. And especially hearing about environmental impacts. And I'm thinking like, why crank out all these things? My exposure before I had this viral video was there were a few artists who I totally, totally am obsessed with who were doing NFTs, who'd been making art for decades before that. And I'm like, yes, whatever. But then I saw some that I know they're just generating it for the sake of the NFT. And it's like, okay, I guess I, guess I viewed that outside of the art world and still in the business world, in the marketing world. But then... I got so flooded with comments when my video went viral on TikTok saying NFT, NFT, this is an NFT, NFT just dropped, NFT nails. And I was like, what? I didn't, and I didn't even research it. And then I was getting comments saying, I'm stealing your idea. If you don't make this an NFT, I'm going to make this an NFT. And then I realized that OpenSea followed me. And so I was like, okay, I, need to, I know. I was like, huh? Because I was just like getting notifications. And then I saw a post and it said, follows you. I'm like, what? So I'm looking into it. I still want to do things in like the most ethical way possible. I guess my stance now is like, and I know this is like totally gatekeeping and totally unfair, but pro <laughs> NFT for people who were already artists because our career path has been so rough. I feel like it's time for some fairness in getting compensated because I, I just, it's a whole nother topic, but art people getting, because I've seen the business world and I've seen the art world and art people getting so screwed over by having their work stolen. I think NFTs offsets that. But because people are truly actually trying to steal my idea, I think I'll try to drop something that's wearable, useful, try to donate some profits, try to make it carbon neutral. I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly researching that this week. <laughs> and I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Not obviously people aren't jumping down my throat for NFTs, but um, I'm kind of like, what is the NFTs? Like, how do you get into it? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are very all about it. And even what you were saying about how some people just make NFTs just 
for the cash mm-hmm. kind of blows my mind away. But, and again, I'm just kind of almost parroting everything you're saying right now, but artists getting money for the first time ever at this caliber, let's go. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I almost kind of was against it, but then I'm just seeing all my friends who have just been like actual struggling artists exactly. just taking off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Whew, exactly. That's yeah. cool. Reviving the art collecting industry, really. Yeah, exactly. It's thriving, but not really for the average person. I feel like I, I heard a quote that said like making artists, giving them money while they're still alive versus artists struggling our whole lives. And then maybe a hundred years later, it's selling for millions. Yeah, exactly. It also is just even a great way to retain. And I won't get into crypto now, but it's just a great way of retaining your crypto and also kind of doubling down on an artist. So it's like, uh, if you got a bunch of Ethereum hanging around, well, you can still retain the Ethereum through buying the art piece. And also if the artist takes off, well, then it's going to go up even higher. So Totally, yeah. I think the big revelation I had recently with NFTs is that I think everything in the world might become an NFT. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, say for instance, anybody can do this. You can go to a mall that's blasting music, walk into a store, try and record a video, post it anywhere, YouTube. Now we had to take it down for music copyright violations, or at least the artist gets notified or there's you have to put the tag. And so what I feel like is going to happen is... It could be the same thing as right now. You get flagged for, see, there's the Star Wars photo behind me. Yep. Nerd. Okay, got it. But, <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a Star Trek. I'm a Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, there we go. Okay, same. We'll battle, but not really. <laughs> I tried to get into it, but the small people with the big ears. They, that's um, what got me into it. <laughs> I really? See, I, that's what I was like. I can't take these people. They're too funny. <laughs> I, well, so say, for instance, you got the Star Trek poster. I got Star Wars. I can totally see there just being algorithms being built all across the internet that instantly flag any piece of artwork, any piece of anything. And it's like, oh, everyone has this piece. You have to either we'll get a notification saying we have to blur out the photo Mm -hmm. or you have to pay the artist a cent or a few pennies to use that artwork. That's just something I was thinking. I feel like anything everybody makes will be able to get paid for their art. Which is awesome for identity protection too. If you can just be totally blocked, because now there's literally no way. I mean, somebody could go to that same mall, take a picture of you and upload you doing whatever, sitting there eating your lunch without you even knowing or being able to do anything about it. That's a great point. And of course, finance and money will increase the algorithms to, you know, being able to find faces and they could flag faces and be like, oh, I don't want my identity online. And if so, if someone wants to pay me a million dollars, then, you know, I'll take a million. I'll take a million. You want two million? I'll take two million. So I think NFTs, they're probably going to be here to stay as skeptical as I was at first. And if you jump on, let me know if you do it sooner than later. You know, I got a Discord group. I'll post it in there. You know, we can post it on our tiny little, the social media platforms. We're working on it. We got a good community. Or I'll put it on the podcast. If it comes out sooner, I'll, next podcast, I'll mention it. Because, yeah, why not? Thank you. I'm trying to get something out there before anyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. So I definitely think if you jumped on the bandwagon, you'll have some amazing success on that, no doubt. Well, speaking of which, I feel like 
we have gone over almost everything that I have here that I wanted to ask. Is there anything that you wanted to share? Anything else specific or anything you wanted to go over? No, I, I don't think so. Awesome. Awesome. I I covering everything. Well, guys, I guess this is our podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. This is great. Absolutely. <laughs> guys, please go check out Piper ZY. Google that. You will find her guaranteed. <laughs> check out her work. Give her a follow. Give her a like. Because when she drops that NFT, you're going to want to get it first. So. True. Um, <laughs> and also, you're going to want to see the amazing artwork as well. All right. Well, thank you so much and have a good one.